Today, by the grace of God, we um, are going to be sharing on true repentance. Everybody say true repentance. We did a series on David a few weeks ago, and I want to encourage you to get the, the, the city pack of that series. It will really change your life by the grace of God and, um, and all that. And it appears that we are not done. We are not, we've not recovered from David. You know, this last week we were looking at Psalm 100, and today we are looking at Psalm 51. Psalm 51, when David demonstrated true repentance for us to see and learn from. And Psalm 51, interestingly, is one of those psalms that, you know, I, I did say that when we're growing up, um, we, we grew up with our grandmother. I came to see, she came to stay with us. And um, it's one of those psalms and passages of scripture, passage of scripture that she um, made us memorize, not by force, but by repetition. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> because she repeats and repeats, and we all repeat and repeat and repeat. Before you know it, children, it was second nature. And Psalm 51 is very powerful, you know, and I can recite it. Um, you know, I said my grandmother was illiterate, so if she taught us a psalm, will it be in English? No, it won't be in English. So I can recite it in Yoruba. That's not the only psalm I know. <laughs> anyway, but that's the one we are focused on today. And it's so powerful because I've had to use it in my life. Where I got to a point that I needed to repent. And I tried reading it in English and I wasn't gelling. But I switched to Alon for me. I could feel God. <laughs> now... And, and, and I encourage everybody, like I did in the first person experience, learn this psalm and many other psalms in your mother tongue. Learn it. Just learn it. English sometimes is too limited for the depth of expression that we want to take to God. Who says God speaks only English? Praise the Lord. You know, so I want to challenge you. Learn it. Learn the scriptures in your Dialect. But I want us all to read together Psalm 51 from the New King James Version. It's going to come up on the screen. Let's kindly rise on our feet as we read the Word of God together. Psalm 51 from verse 1 to the end is on the screen. Let's read together. 1, 2, go. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness. According to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. That you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, 
I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward part, and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with Esau, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted unto you. Deliver me from guilt of bloodshed, O God, the God of my salvation. And my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. For you do not desire sacrifice, else I will give it. You do not delight in but offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. This, O God, you will not despise. Do good in your good pleasure to Zion. Build the walls of Jerusalem. Then you shall be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with a burnt offering and whole burnt offerings. Then shall they offer bulls on your altar. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Have you tried, tired? Are you tired of being churchy and not being Christ-like? Are you tired of being wearing a label, Christian, and your life does not reflect the life of Jesus? Are you, are you tired of, 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 of inheriting a religion but there's no life change in you. If that is you, I have good news for you today. Today is your day of salvation and deliverance in Jesus' name. Why? Because we are looking at true repentance. True repentance is the key to life in God. It's the key. And, and, and before we, we delve into it, I, need, I want to paint a, a big picture of where repentance actually sits in seeking God. I mean, in the season of fasting and prayer. In seeking God and praying. So, I'm going to take you through a walk, a walk through the tabernacle. The tabernacle is, is the um, dwelling place that God had for his people. And God gave the blueprint of the tabernacle. And the scripture says it is, it is a shadow of things in the heavens. In other words, if, if, if you understand it, your, your, you understand the protocol of heaven, if you will. Praise the name of the Lord. The tabernacle is just a, it's a rectangular tent. Let's put the gate Somewhere here. 
And this is north, south, east, east, west. Now, the idea of the tabernacle is God said to Moses to say to Pharaoh, let my people go that they may worship me, that I may dwell with them. The idea of God is to dwell with his people. And that, that, that's why Jesus came. In fact, Jesus, since one of Jesus' name is Emmanuel. And Emmanuel is what? God with us. So God literally dwelt with his people. And around the tabernacle, the 12 tribes of Israel were camped in specific order around the tabernacle. On the west side, we have Ephraim, Joseph's people, Manasseh, and Joseph's junior brother. Benjamin. On the north side, we have Dan, Asher, and Naphtali. Can you see my my scribbles? On the east side, we have Issachar, Judah, and Zebulun. And on the south, we have the big boys, biologically. Reuben, Simeon, and Dan, and Gad. Now, God arranged the tribe of Israel around himself, as, as it will, as, if you will. So, God literally was dwelling in the midst of his people. Now, last week, we looked at Psalm 100, and we explained that you enter his gates with thanksgiving, you enter his courts with what? With praise. Guess who God put by the gate? Judah. Judah means what? Praise. So you enter his court with praise. You enter his court with praise. And his gates with thanksgiving. And we said, before you enter his gates with thanksgiving last week, we said, you acknowledge the person you are coming to meet. As we fast and wait on God, we acknowledge the person we are waiting on. And we explained last week, we acknowledge five things. We acknowledge, number one, that the Lord is who? Is God. We acknowledge, number two, that He made us. We acknowledge, number three, that it's not only God that made us, He owns us. We acknowledge, number four, it's only God that made us and owns us. He is a good God. And number five, we said, is God, He made us, He owns us, He's a good God, and His goodness does not does not expire. So, when we come into his gates, we are coming 
acknowledging the person we are coming to meet. When you come, praise chain is starting today. When you begin to praise God at, uh, from, from midnight today, you, you don't, you're not just singing. You are coming to meet the maker of the heavens and the earth. Your God, your maker, your owner, the good God, whose goodness does not expire. You are coming to meet God. Now, you enter the court. Once you enter the court, you are faced immediately with what is known as um, a brazen altar. I want to explain how that applies to us and significances. Once you pass the brazen altar, you meet a brazen lava. Then you come into... Now, this is known as the outer court. Then you come into the inner court. Now, in the inner court, there are three compartments in the tabernacle, the outer court, the inner court, and the holy of holies. You know that. In the inner court, there are three items in the inner court. You have the golden lampstand with seven branches. We have the table of shewbread. Then we have the altar of incense. That's the outer court. Now, you have the Holy of Holies. There was a Holy of Holies. In the Holy of Holies, there's only one item in the Holy of Holies. And that's what? The Ark. Good. The Ark of Covenant. Now, when we come into his courts with praise. We come into his gate with thanksgiving. It's cut with praise. We immediately are faced with the first altar, the brazen altar. What happens at this altar? What happens at this altar is sacrifices for sin. Why? Because you cannot approach God. God is a holy God. You cannot approach God without dealing with sin. Praise the name of the Lord. That, that, that's the first place. And Goliath only fall at the presence of God. Mountains only melt at the presence of God. And so we are talking about here. But if we are here, we need to deal with the brazen altar. The blood of bulls and goats. Of course, that's in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, there's only one blood. The blood of who? Of Jesus. So we come. Father, we have confidence by the blood of Jesus to come into the place where to It is so important. Now, the, the people, the, 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 uh, you see tables of sacrifices here and there, you know, that the, the goats will be clear, and the blood and everything will be, will be brought here and it will be burnt here unto God. Now, the brazen lava, it's, it's only the priest that goes to the brazen lava to wash, and it's the lava is like a mirror. So, they, they see themselves. The lamb talks about Jesus. The, the mirror talks about Jesus. talks about the word. When you get in, then you, you now begin to talk about the shoe bread, Jesus, the bread of life. The golden lampstand, this 
middle stick talks about Jesus and the six other branches and the Holy Spirit that flows in, in between them. Revelations, right? Remember? Good. Then the altar of incense. The altar of incense talks about our prayers, our supplications. By the upper week, we, when we are having the vigils, you know, our prayers, our supplications. And on, on the Thursday of the vigil, we are going to have a holy communion, you know, and all that stuff. Then we hit. We hit here. But today, we are here. This is where true repentance happens. Now, everybody can access the outer court. Only certain Levites can access the inner court. But only the high priest can access where? The Holy of Holies once a year. Once the high priest is going to access the Holy of Holies, do you know what they do? They tie a rope on his leg. As he's going, everybody, the wife knows that she can be a widow that day. Everybody has their fingers crossed. And the, the, the leg has bells. So after a while, they will pull the bell and he will acknowledge, I'm still alive, I'm still alive. <laughs> so he goes in once a year. If he goes in, if he misses here and just bounces here, they are going to pull him out roasted. That's how it is. You just draw him out. Then another one, you say, you are next. <laughs> The Lord will follow somebody else. And the person will, his wife will say, Oh God, please confess your sins. <laughs> then he will go. But when Jesus came and went on the cross and died, the Bible says the first thing that happened when Jesus died was the veil tore from top to the bottom. Say, access is open. And give it to us. Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> well, in those days, it's only the high priest that had access. Today, every believer has access. But we still come by the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way. But we still have to come into the holy place. By, 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 not, not by the balls of bulls and goats, like Hebrews said, but by the blood of the Lamb of God that was slain before the foundations of the earth. Now, to access that blood, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says, By grace are you saved through faith, not of works, lest any man boast. By Grace are you saved through faith. Faith is an action word as you have heard. Faith is not passive believing. Faith is an action word. What is the faith that gives you access to the grace that saves you? That faith is repentance. Praise the name of the Lord. Without repentance, you cannot access the grace. Like I said, even though Jesus has paid for it, which is why there's a problem in the church today, because, because salvation is preached without repentance. And that's why people's lives don't change. That's why you find out that you are still the same way. Because you just say, say after me. You say after the, they say you, you have the grace of God. You are saying, oh, sorry. 
by faith. That's the missing link. It is by faith. And faith is that gives you access to grace is repentance. Is repentance. Without repentance, there's no access to that grace, even though it's grace and it's free. But you must collect it. It is not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to what? So, those that don't come to repentance will inevitably, inevitably, it's not because God, God has made the provision. Jesus had died already. So, this issue of repentance is so crucial. Every Christian must understand it and operate it. And there's no one that is best suited to teach us repentance than David. David. David, as we learned um, a few, few weeks ago, David was a believer, of course, in the Old Testament that operated in the, in the New Testament. David was a... He knew, he said to God, you don't delight in the blood of bulls and goats and burnt offerings and sacrifices. Look, there was no one in the Old Testament that understood that apart from David. That You don't delight in that. You delight in what? Absolutely. He says that when that is in place, then we will bring you bulls and goats and they, they will make sense. That's a good place to clap for God. If you want to, that is. Now, let, let, let me explain. Some people say, oh, you know, uh, if I pay my tithes, if I come to church, if I, if I be a good girl, you know, then, then I will have access to God and to the grace of God. No. That's not what gives us access. What gives us access is repentance and salvation through the blood of the Lamb. Do you understand? But after that, then our coming to church, our tithing, our sacrifices, our bulls and goats can now make sense. Praise the Lord. Now, to understand true repentance, we need to understand a few things about sin. Because without sin, there will be no need for repentance. I mean, if, if Adam and Eve had not sinned, will we talk about repentance today? No. So we need to understand a few things about sin. Number one, the first thing we need to understand about sin is, number one, sin is rebellion against God. Sin is disobedience. Disobedience against God. Sin is simply, I am in control of my life. God says, this is how you should go. Rebellion is, no, this is how I want to go. That's sin. It's as simple as that. In fact, the word sin it's, 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 it's taken from, the root word is taken from, um, it's like this game of darts. You know that when you throw a sharp object and you want to hit the bullseye, the innermost circle of concentric circles, right? Everybody knows that. Good. Now, if you throw your dart and you miss that bullseye, it, it, it is said that you have sinned. You sinned the bullseye. In other words, you missed the, bulls, the bullseye. So, that's why the Bible says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You've come short of it. You, all of us, we've come short of that glory of God. So, sin is falling short of God's standard. God is saying, this is what I want. I'm, we are saying, 
Man is saying, this is what I want. Sin. That's sin. And you have to recognize that. In verse 3, David says, For I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. That's the first thing you need to recognize about sin. Second thing about sin that we need to know is that sin in the parent becomes iniquity in the children. Sin in the parent becomes iniquity in the children. Parenting is a very, very powerful, powerful thing. Powerful thing. Sin in the parent, what the parent chooses to do by choice in disobeying God becomes iniquity in the children. In other words, iniquity, the root word for iniquity is crookedness, wired crookedness. So what the parents chooses to do in disobeying God, the children does it by default. The parent chooses to disobey. Let's just take one disobedience. What one sin? Lie. The parent chooses to lie. The child becomes a liar. Can you see the difference? Huge. Huge. And David, in verse 4, says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin. Did my mother conceive me? My mother chose, chose to sin. But I was now wired into iniquity. God, this is my plight. <sighs> Have you not noticed that is some people, some people's family. It's like they have an anointing for promiscuity. The grandfather chose to sin. The mother became town's girl. Then the granddaughter becomes country girl. <laughs> also, you find out that some people are just, they will never commit adultery. But they are chronic liars. They will tell you, it's night. Can't you see? Can't you see the moon? Look out now. And you are looking at you are seeing the sun. Say, can't you see the moon? And you are confused. Is that, is that really the moon? <laughs> it is it has become iniquity. It is what 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 was a choice in the parents has become a software that has been wired into the child. And it's not only the good things that are wired into children. It's not only the bad things, sorry. The good things are also wired into children. So the good you do is also wired into children. The Bible says that Levi paid tithe when he was in Abraham's loins. So you're paying tithe today. Guess what? Your children and your children, children yet unborn are wired for, well, we say God's prosperity. That's how it is. That's why you find out that some people, they don't even know God. They're not serving God. Meanwhile, their parents serve God, but they are just enjoying it. It's as if they don't have any battles in their lives. You've noticed. But you, you are struggling, you are struggling. You know, I've explained it before. They are probably third generation Christians. You, you are first generation. Um, you are the one that is breaking all the forces, breaking all the fallow ground, doing all the warfare. 
they, their fathers and their grandfathers, their grandmothers have prayed. And they are just saying, ah, you don't need to pray. Why are you always going to church? They don't understand. Just tell them, wait for your children. <laughs> because all this nonsense you are doing, they will carry it. And it's so sad. But that's how it is. Levi paid tithe in Abraham. Way before the law. Way, way, way before God said tithe as the law. Some people kill themselves. A tithe is the law. Oh, we are not under the law. I'm like, you don't even have a clue. Have a clue. But you, if you look at David, David did not say, because I was wired this way, then I must remain this way. He didn't. This is the problem with, the, with our generation. We, we blame our children, oh, sorry, our parents. You know, we say, oh, I was abused as a child. People use that thing as, ah, I was abused as a child. Okay, that's why I'm like this. You have a choice to break through today. And I'm praying that you will seize it and break through today. In the mighty name of Jesus. David said, this is my challenge. Have mercy upon me. Deliver me from this. Deliver me. The third thing we need to know about sin is that sin steals your joy. Sin steals your joy. In verse 8a, David, it took David at least six months before he repented. Before he repented, after I committed the sin. In verse 8a, what did David say? Oh, give me back my joy again. What does that tell us? Simple. From the day David sinned to the day David repented, there was a period of lack of joy. He was justifying it. He was coming up with bone face. He was doing all sorts of things. But the joy was gone. Until he repented. Then I said, okay, give me back my, my joy. My joy. Give me back my joy. Let me, let me give you an example. There was a lady that you know, came to me. We used to be in prayer department together when I was in the city of David back then. I was, I was leading the prayer unit. And she came to me and said, I want us to, she, she's like my colleagues in my colleague in the prayer department. So she was like, I have, it, I, have, I have something. And this lady can pray. I said, I, I have something, you know, that I've seen that you have, but I used to have, you know, but it's gone. I said, what is this? This, this joy, you know, that I don't have it. I said, eh, hey, you know. And as we were talking, it must be God. I said to her, there's something. Go and ask God. Let God tell you himself. Because she could hear God. This lady can pray for five hours. She's one of those people. We enter prayer meeting. Five hours non-stop. Boah! She's off. Book, 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 book. If we went and tired, I look at her and say, ah, if this one can be going then, you can't be leader for nothing. <laughs> you know, you know, I will brace up. You know? Then, she said, oh, she, there's something. that It can't be that. But there's something that God is bringing to her mind. But it can't be that. 
I said, you are telling me there's something. You are telling me it can't be that. What is it? She said, eh, there was one time that our friend, they were both in, on campus together, believers, and the friend got pregnant. You know, and she has to be there for her. So they both went and um, um, expunged the baby. But that cannot be, can't, that cannot be, cannot, cannot be what God is telling me. I said, eh, it can't be. She said, ah, but I didn't do anything. See, I'm not the one now. I, I, just, I was just there for her as a good friend. So I said to her, your friend, that committed adultery, you, that followed her, the doctor, that committed the, uh, sorry, the abortion, the malam that put on the generator, all of you, there's blood on your hands. You don't know. I mean, we push it too far. I mean, maybe not the malam. I don't know if he doesn't know anything about it. But if he knows that's what they are doing and he's putting it on, he's hating it. So she says, she's like, so what do I do? I say, it's simple. If God is showing you, go and meet God and stay there. Take Psalm 51. Stay there until God speaks to you. And she went. When she came back, I could see the joy in her. She was radiated. I mean, she was like, he's back. He's back. Meanwhile, this girl can play for five hours. Meanwhile, God is dealing with her from a distance. May God not deal with you from a distance. <laughs> in Jesus' name. Since the joy is back, she was glowing, literally glowing. Literally. Sin steals your joy. Number four, sin, sin is not only rebellion, it's not only passed down and converted into iniquity. It doesn't only steal your joy. Sin shuts your mouth. Sin shuts your mouth. You you want to you you want to praise God. Maybe you you want to praise God. I praise you. I praise you, oh Lord. And you know they say <coughs> praise who? I did just show you a short clip. Then you begin to speak in tongues. I mean. That's what Christians do. You know, and they begin to speak it out. You know, you can't praise God. David went through that in verse 15. When he finally repented, you know what he said to God in verse 15 of um, Psalm 51. Verse 15, he says, he says to God, Unseal my lips, oh Lord, that my mouth can praise you. Maybe David wanted to sing. Uh, Psalm 36. Maybe when he got to the cross, oh do, oh do, they show they showed him Bathsheba. His lips were sealed. <laughs> Maybe David wanted to sing another psalm to God. He took his harp and he wanted to strike the psalm, and the devil says, Hurrah. Yeah. <laughs> sin seals your lips. Sin, sin makes you inefficient spiritually. It makes you, you, you don't have spiritual clout. Sin, that's what it does. And that's, those, those things are heavy. They are heavy. And as we move into repentance, yeah, 
the, just three things I want to share with us about true repentance. And, and we'll be done. And the first thing is that true repentance recognizes sin as sin. True repentance recognizes sin as sin. True repentance recognizes sin as sin. Verse 3 of Psalm 51. Psalm 51, verse 3. It says, For I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. I recognize my rebellion. You know, one reason why a lot of people keep you know, going back to sin and going back to sin and going back to sin is because they don't recognize sin as sin. They call it different names. They, they try to, to paint it in a different light. Just like a man, I said, you know, his wife was upset. Why? Because the man was flirting with another lady. And the wife was upset. And the man says, in fact, pastor, I want you to judge this matter. I want you to judge this matter. He says, I just tapped her on the backside. Did I do anything? Okay. Women, did you do anything? Men, did you do anything? <laughs> Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. <laughs> Now, I say, oh God, you did something, no. You did, even Jesus says that, even if you look lustfully, you have done something. Talk less of, before your hand can hit, uh, praise the Lord. Call a spade a spade. That's the beginning of your deliverance. You can't say, oh, Oh, but I did, I did not even, I didn't tell a big lie. Oh. Some people, they pride themselves in not telling lies. <laughs> Praise the name of God. You know, I hold accountability talks with some pastors. You know, and we have a questionnaire that we go through. So one of the pastors are mentoring we got to that question of financial integrity. He said, have you, have you told a lie in your financial journeys or something? He answered, he says, it's only when it's out, out of my control. <laughs> it's only when it's out of my control. I say, oh God, man of oh God, and I asked him, if you were the devil, what will you do? You will all, you will, you will keep setting you up with things that you claim are outside of your control. Say, oh, do you commit adultery? Oh, it's only when the pressure is too much. Then you went to the person, so you know, these girls that nowadays, ah, pastor, you don't understand. They will bring the thing for you. What can you do? No, 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 no. Call a spade a spade. Sin is sin, period. Homosexuality, for instance, is taking hold of the Western world so badly and it started 
by people not calling a spade a spade. Sin is, homosexuality is sin. Yeah, but pastor, Christians also sin. They tell lies. Yes, it is also what? Sin. Oh, people also commit adultery in church. Yes, but it is also sin. If you have a problem, you don't create an institution around your problem. If you have a problem with same-sex attraction, you, you, you look for help and Jesus can set you free. Praise the name of the Lord. You seek for help. Say, so I don't tell, I don't tell, um, how to say it? I don't tell lies, I tell white lies. There's white lies, there's blue lies. A lie is a lie. When you recognize sin as sin, that's your first step to true repentance. Secondly, true repentance doesn't only recognize sin as sin, true repentance comes clean. True repentance comes clean. It comes clean. Verse 14, David said to God, forgive me for shedding blood, O God of my salvation. God who saves. Forgive me for what? Specific. You know, people come to God, they confess their sins. Oh God, you know I've been a bad boy, a bad girl. Forgive me of all my sins. And you want to move on. God is saying, which one? Which one? Which one? Say, God, ah, if I leave time, I'll be wasting your time. God says, I have time, I have time. Which one? For your own sake. It's not because God doesn't know. For your own sake. Come clean. Come clean. You are sorry. You say, oh God, but I've said I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You are sorry for what? For what exactly are you sorry for? Let's say someone steals your pen and the person steals your pen and the person says he has your pen. He holds your pen and says, I'm sorry. He says, Shabi, I've said I'm sorry. But you are still holding the pen. There was a true repentance. Recognizes sin as sin comes clean. True repentance comes clean. I have sinned against you. Forgive me for killing Uriah. I did this. I did that. You see, until you do that, many times, that is the back door that the enemy uses to come back in. Because you haven't done that, he can sneak in. Praise the Lord. So true repentance... See sin as sin. True repentance comes clean. And true repentance breaks your heart. And that's the key. True repentance always breaks your heart. Psalm 17. It says, the sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. A, you will not reject a broken and a what? Contrite, repentant heart. Oh Lord. And that's the difference between mere confession and true repentance. Largely the difference. Somebody says, oh, but God, one of us is, I confess my sins before God. I've confessed before God and I've moved on. <laughs> and I laugh. You know why I laugh? Because you don't understand that when the Bible says confess, it means he that covers the sins shall not what? Prosper. But he that confesses and forsakes, we have mercy. Largely. 
You say, oh, but I've confessed. Okay, you've confessed, but that's why you keep going back. You know why? Because all you've done is confessed. You have not repented. True repentance will break your heart. And it is at that point where your heart breaks. That is where the miracle happens. I'm telling you from a recipient of grace. Someone that has received grace through true repentance. That's where the miracle happens. If I gave my life to Jesus, I had one particular girlfriend, but I had a lot of other sidekicks. You know, you know how it is. When I gave my life to Jesus, I knew the other ones were not an issue. But there was this main one. She was in another university. And I said, I have to break this girl's heart. Because I'm now with Jesus. I can't continue like this. So I summoned up courage. And I waited for her to come back from school. She came back from school. I got saved in 95 August. By like September, she came back from school. And when she came back from school, I boned, frowned my face. I said, I wanted to see her. She came. So at the same time, we both said, we have something to tell. I have something to tell you. You know that moment where both of us said, I have to tell you. Okay, you go first. You go first. You go first. You go first. So as the man, I said, let me go first. I cleared my truth. Hardened my heart. I'd rehearsed. After I tell her, she will kneel down and beg me how I will push her away. <laughs> I've rehearsed how if she, if she wants to hug me, I'll say, no, 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 no. Goodbye, world. I stay no longer with you. I've rehearsed all that in my mind. And I, and I said to her, you know what? I gave my life to Jesus last month and I cannot continue in this, in this filthy relationship. And she began to laugh. Now, I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> I was ready for every other thing but that. She was laughing. See, that's exactly what I want to tell you. I want to tell you that I am not born again. You use this bad boy, you will take me to hell. That was exactly what she said she wanted to tell me. So I said, Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Amen. God saved us about the same time. And He did about the same time. So we continued. But before we knew it, fornication. We come out, we confess, we pray. Then it will happen again. Then we come out, we confess, we pray. Then it will happen again. I knew something was wrong. No, 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 no. Before, eh, when I used to come for the kitchen, I, I never used to feel bad. But now I was feeling bad. I knew something was wrong. Until I repented. And that day I can never forget. It happened again and we both now repented. And I said to her, that was the last time I saw her in my life. I've not seen her. And I probably won't see her again. Maybe if she's still safe, we'll see in heaven. <laughs> Maybe. And I escorted her and I came to the CSH, one CSH church by the corner that goes through the street of my house back in the day. I was too shaken because I didn't know how I was going to live one week without fornication. I mean, I don't know how you guys think. I, I, my mind was so warped back then. I was like, how? But I sat there at the back. I was crying. 
I was weeping. I was broken. I was broken because I found repentance by the grace of God. I was crying because it's like, how am I going to survive the next day? But guess what? Because by God's grace I found repentance, I survived the next day. Not only the next day, the next week. Not only the next week, the next year. Not only the next year. That was December 1985. I didn't get married until December, 19, December 2001. How many years? Six years. I didn't commit a single fornication. Six years. That's a miracle that only God can do. Praise the name of the Lord. That's a huge miracle. This year, by the grace of God, it's going to be 12 years in December that we are married. 12 years. And in these 12 years, I have not slept with any other woman. I have not even hit the backside. (laughs) By the grace of God. Not even fled, not even tried. No, 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 no. My grandmother taught us early. What you will not eat. Don't smell. Because there's a short distance between the nose and the... Uh, when you are smelling, I quickly enter. Why am I saying this? I'm, I'm, I'm saying this to show you that when repentance is in place, the grace of God kicks in. And that grace will sustain you. Will sustain you. It's more than enough. The reason a lot of people keep going back and back and back is because they never really repented. Never really repented. Never really repented. Today I'm praying. I challenge you to come out. And we'll pray together. We'll cry together to God. We'll seek God. Repentance, true repentance, is also the key to a soft heart. It's the key because when your heart is soft and broken, it is soft and broken. If you find people that find it hard to forgive people, they've never really repented of their own sins. Really, you know why? Because if you have repented and you have found repentance, it will be easy for you to forgive other people because you look at yourself and you're like, if God didn't forgive you, where would you be? Praise the name of the Lord. Where would you be? So I want to pray with two categories of people. If you are here, you are like, I have never given my life to Jesus. I've never given my life to Jesus. Or I used to be born again, but I'm backsliding. Today, pastor, I want to, I want to repent. I want to repent. Would you pray with me? I want to pray with you. Wherever you are seated, lift up your hand now over your head. That is me. Put up that hand over your head now. And we'll pray together. Cry to God. Have mercy upon me. Have mercy upon me. Have mercy upon me. Have mercy upon me. If you are here, you are like, Pastor, I am saved. I'm born again. I'm a child of God. Can you be a minister? Can you be like, maybe like, maybe the pastor uh, that I, I was talking about earlier. You're like, but I, I need to repent of this sin that has become an iniquity and is wired. It's, 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 it's almost turning me nuts. But there's something the Holy Spirit is bringing up in your heart. You need to repent of it. You want God. You want to access that repentance. I need you to get up and come forward. You are saved. You are born again. 
That's not in question. Keep coming. God bless you. Get up, get up, get up. Come. Come forward. And, and cry to, to Jesus. Have mercy upon me. We are coming from the gallery. We wait for you. We wait for you. If you are in front, why don't you just cry to God? Talk to God. Create in me a new heart. Create in me a clean heart. Why, why are you still sitting? This is an opportunity for you to sort this thing out once and for all. Get up. God bless you. And come, come, come. There's no time. There's no time. But this is so important. Cry to God, my brother. Cry to God, my sister. Cast me not away. Cast me not away. Feel your presence. Forget about the people around you. Forget about us. Just focus on Jesus. I'm waiting for you. Get up and come. Get up. My sister, get up. Get up and come. Don't sit down. Don't sit down. Get up and come. I'm waiting for you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Continue to pray. Just continue to pray. I, we are going to pray until until we have a release in our spirit. If you are sitting down, you can talk to God about what you have heard. Take advantage of this of this moment, and and if you will, you can intercede for our brothers and our sisters in front. Also, that this heart will be changed. That God will break this heart. That this heart will be replaced with a heart of flesh. That a new spirit. To be put in this place.